0: Well, good evening and welcome to this uh, Bible study, and we're going to be looking at Psalm 115. That's Psalm 115, so I hope you have your Bibles ready. Uh, Before we read that, we're now into another month of the coronavirus restrictions, and even when we are back in our church building, in an effort to reduce the spread of the virus, it is highly unlikely that we will be able to sing Singing is and has always been an essential part of our worship, and I know that we miss being able to sing together. Many of the hymns we sing were written from personal experience, and in some cases, we know the name of the composer. Now, when we come to the Psalms, many of the Psalms in our Bibles not only start with the name of the composer but also the musical direction. And some give us the reason that the psalm was written. For example, if you look at Psalm 3, it will say at the head of the psalm, a psalm of David when he fled from his son Absalom. Then if you come to Psalm 4, it will say this, for the director of music with stringed instruments, a psalm of David. Now these instructions that you see in our Bibles, they are actually part of the original psalm. But the psalm that we're going to look at has no such introduction, so we don't know the author or the reason for the psalm being written, nor do we have any instructions for musical direction. But like all the psalms, it is here in the written Word of God for us. And as we go through this psalm, I know that God will bless our time together. So let's gather round and let's hear what the psalmist has to say to us and hear what God has to say to us through the words of the psalmist. Let's read it together, Psalm 115. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. Why do the nations say, where is their God? Our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. But their idols are silver and gold, made by the hands of men. They have mouths but cannot speak, eyes but they cannot see, they have ears but cannot hear, noses but they cannot smell, they have hands but cannot feel, feet but they cannot walk, nor can they utter a sound with their throats. Those who make them will be like them, And so will all who trust in them. O house of Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. You who fear him, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. The Lord remembers us and will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, small and great alike. May the Lord make your increase, both you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord and Maker of Heavens, the Maker of Heaven and Earth. The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth He has given to man. It is not the dead who praise the Lord, those who go down to silence. It is we who extol the Lord, both now and forevermore. Praise the Lord. Let's just pray before we have a look at this psalm together. Father, we do thank you again for your word. We thank you that we can gather together, even if it is in an unusual way. But we know that you are here with us. And we just ask that as we have read your word and as we look at it together, by the power of your Holy Spirit, you will lead us and guide us. Just encourage us, challenge us, and use your word that we might be blessed and that your name might be glorified. And we ask these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. So, this psalm, Psalm 115, it's meant to be sung possibly by a soloist or a choir, and maybe with a response from the people. Now, they've been praising God and they're answering those who may have objection to Him being praised. So, listen to the first four verses in a way that maybe they would have sung them with the call and the response. So it would probably be something like this, the call. Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be glory because of your love and faithfulness. Then the response. Why do the nations say, where is their God? Then the call. Our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. Then the response. But their idols are silver and gold made by human hands. So let's just look at those few verses in a little bit more detail. The first verse, Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. So this psalm starts by giving God his rightful place. And as we come together, we are doing that with them. And sometimes when we come together, we might sing uh A hymn, well we would sing a hymn, one of the hymns that we might sing might be a hymn by Chris Bowater, and this is how it starts. Jesus shall take the highest honour. Jesus shall take the highest praise. Let all the earth join heaven in exalting the name which is above all other names. Let's bow the knee in humble adoration for at his name every knee must bow. Let every tongue confess he is Christ, God's only Son. Sovereign Lord, we give you glory now. All the honour and the glory rightfully belongs to God. So the psalmist says at the beginning of his psalm, Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory. Now the psalmist goes on to tell us why this should be. Because of your love and faithfulness. This is part of the nature of God. And they can say this because they have experience of this. They've experienced the love that God has for them. They've experienced the faithfulness that God has shown to them as individuals and as a nation. And then in the second verse, why do the nations say, where is their God? this verse starts to give us a hint as to why the psalmist might have written these words. There seems to be some who, for whatever reason, are questioning the psalmist and the people that he is with. And the question from them is, where is their God? I want us to see the relevance of this psalm to us today in in our present situation. I say, I want us to see it, but It's really God who wants to see it. This is why he puts this in his book. This is why we're gathered together this evening looking at it. You see these people, they've come together to praise their God and we don't know if this psalm was written for a festival where the people would gather together to praise God and to thank God or whether it was written in a time of national crisis to bring hope and reassurance to the people. But whatever it was written for, there are those who were ready to mock their faith. We today are in the midst of a national crisis. In fact, it's an international crisis. And people might say to us, where is your God? And really that is a good question, isn't it? Where is your God in all this? Well, listen to the answer that the psalmist gives. In verse 3 Our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. This is a good strong positive answer. They know where he is. They know that he does whatever pleases him. Let's just think about those two phrases. First of all, our God is in heaven. This tells us that he is real. That he has a home. That home has a name. They know that it is the kingdom of God. Therefore, God reigns. The phrase, he does whatever pleases him. Do not misunderstand this statement. It might at first glance seem selfish. But we must see it in context. You see, we cannot know the mind of God So we cannot question his actions because we cannot fully understand them. His thoughts are much greater than ours. But we know that he is a faithful God and he is a just God. Isaiah chapter 42 verse 5 and 9. Listen to what Isaiah says. This is what God the Lord says the Creator of the heavens, who stretches them out, who spreads out the earth with all that springs from it, who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and I will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles to open eyes that are blind, to free captive from prison and to release from the dungeons those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols. See, the former things have taken place and new things I declare before they spring into being I announce them. To you this is God this is the God that these people understand and know from experience they know of his love and his righteousness and the way he's led them and there is a purpose in him leading them and that purpose still goes on today part of it has come to fruition part of that promise is Jesus and we can enjoy that and enjoy what he has done for us In the wisdom of God, we might not understand it, but he is God. And this is something of what they know and what we know about the character of God. You know, love and justice go hand in hand. And this leads us into the next part of the psalm. They can now say to the people who are questioning them, this is our God, where is your God? Verse 4. But their idols are silver and gold made by human hands. Those who are challenging their faith in God are putting their trust in things that they have made, images of silver and gold. And they are trusting in these things for security and for protection. So where are your gods? More to the point, what are your gods? in the modern world people still have gods they may not be idols in the form of some kind of a, a, a statue they may be but they don't have to be in the modern world, modern world people are still looking for security and protection and they're still looking outside of what God has to offer them so the psalmist goes on to contrast what these things can offer in comparison to what God can offer. This leads on to an honest description of the gods that other people are trusting in. Verse 5 and 7. They have made mouths but cannot speak, eyes but cannot see, They have ears but cannot hear, noses but cannot smell. They have hands but cannot feel, feet but cannot walk. Nor can they they utter a sound with their throats. Here we have a description of how useless these things are. And they don't deserve to be trusted because they are lifeless. Mouths that can't speak, they have nothing to say. They have eyes that can't see. They don't understand. Ears that can't hear. Noses that can't smell. Hands that can't feel. Feet that can't walk. They have to be carried around. They can't even grunt. They have throats, but they can't make any kind of sound. You know, this reminds me of an incident that we have in the Old Testament. This is... Elijah on Mount Carmel when he asked the prophets of Baal to call upon their God. And of course they received no answer. Listen to what happened. This is 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 26 to 29. This is the prophets of Baal. Then they called on the name of Baal from morning till noon. Baal, answer us, they shouted. But there was no response. No one answered. And they danced around the altar that they had made. This went on apparently all morning, and then we read on in that passage. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. Shout louder, he said. Surely he is a god. Perhaps he's deep in thought. Or busy, or travelling. Maybe he's sleeping and must be awakened So they shouted louder and slashed themselves with swords and spears as was their custom until their blood flowed midday passed and they continued their frantic prophesying until the time for the evening sacrifice but there was no response no one answered no one paid attention you see baal their god could not hear they had made the images they were bowing down before them and calling to him. He couldn't smell. he couldn't see, he couldn't speak, he couldn't come, and he could not deliver. And then we read on in the passage in verse 36 and 38. Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me. So these people will know that you, Lord, are God, and that you are turning their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burnt up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. God delivered. God delivered more than was asked for. The contrast between the living God and the man made idol. Whatever the idol might be, the people are trusting him to deliver them. Back to our psalm verse 8. Speaking about those who trusted in these things. Those who make them will be like them. And so will all who trust in them. Well, the psalmist is telling us here that the the idols, as useless as they are, they do produce something. And what do they produce? They produce people like themselves. People who have eyes and will not see and ears that will not hear. Listen for a moment to what Jesus had to say to the people in his day. This is found in Matthew's Gospel. Matthew chapter 13 and it's verse 15. This is what he said to them. For this people's heart has become callous. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. That is the same message for us today. Many times Jesus said, if you've got eyes, open them. If you've got ears, listen to what I'm saying." What about the people in this psalm? These are people who are seeing, who are hearing, and who are trusting in the Lord. So we return to the psalm, to the call from the soloist or the choir, with what I think would have been a loud response from the people. This is in verse 9 through to verse 11. All the Israelites trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. House of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. You who fear him, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. You hear the call and the response there from the people and the enthusiasm and the joy in which they would have answered It starts with the nation, it brings in the leaders, then the people. No one is left out. They all need God's help and protection. As we do today, more important than deliverance from the COVID-19, which we would all like, but more important than that, deliverance from the wrath of God and the help we need to be set free from the power of sin and to have the protection from sin's penalty. So, what do we all have in common here this evening? Well, Paul tells us, the Apostle Paul, when he writes in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, and in this statement, none are excluded. This is what he says, For all have sinned, And fall short of the glory of God. We're in a desperate state. Who do we trust? Who can we trust? Do we trust in our possessions? In our wealth? In our health? All these things will pass away. Proverbs 3 verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your paths straight. Why should I trust in the Lord? Well, let's stay in the book of Romans Romans 5, verse 6 and 8. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Can I read that verse again as you think about it in the context that we're looking at as we go through this psalm? This is God speaking to us as individuals. You see, the psalmist knows the love and the faithfulness of God in his life. And so do the people who sing out these words. Words that we can sing with them if we know Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. An offer that is open to all who will come to him. So there's the challenge. And for those who have come, we give thanks to God... God's blessing, God's grace, the grace that comes to us through the power of the cross. Listen to our psalm as it goes on in verse 12 and 13. The Lord remembers us and will bless us. He will bless his people, Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. You know, when this comes into the New Testament, the house of Israel, that is all who claim the name of Jesus as their Saviour. It goes on. He will bless those who fear the Lord, small and great alike. And then the psalm finishes with a blessing. It speaks about the grace and the goodness of God that they, these people and the psalmist, have experienced. It speaks of the greatness of God and the power of his handiwork. It thanks him for the responsibility he has given to them and given to us. And they say that the opportunity to praise God starts while we are living and if not taken, then death will close the door forever. But for those who take the opportunity, they will praise God now and on into eternity. And the final words of the psalm are praise the Lord. Let me just read those final verses to you as we close. This is verse 14 through to verse 18 of our Psalm 115. May the Lord cause you to flourish, both you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, the highest heavens belong to the Lord but the earth he has given to mankind it is not the dead who praise the Lord those who go down to the place of silence it is we who extol the Lord both now and for evermore. praise the Lord so may God continue to bless us let's just close in prayer oh, Father we thank you for the truths that you have shared with us this evening. For those of us who know that joy of salvation and forgiveness, who have been set free from the, the judgment and the wrath of God by the power of what Jesus did when he died on the cross, we give you thanks and praise. And our Father, if there's any who do not have that assurance, any who are trusting in their own efforts or even material things that they feel will We'll just save them. Our Father, we know that it will not save them from the power of sin. But you have already done that. If only they will come to you. So we pray for them. That's your blessing upon them. And our Father, we just ask that now you continue with us through this night and into the following day. And we bring all these things before you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So may God continue to bless you and uh, I will be back tomorrow morning with a, a very short devotional time. So God bless you. Bye now.